Hey, what's going on guys? It's Rajiv Staten and you are watching Verse TV. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, thumbs up, all that good stuff. <laughs> and don't forget, you're watching hashtag Verse TV. Uh. Hello everyone, it's your girl Yuri G and this is All The Tea on Verse TV. And I'm here with your boy. Rajiv. <laughs> Rajiv Staten. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you're an actor, dancer, choreographer, writer, director, editor, producer, cinematographer, photographer, and Trinity Owl Productions. You do it all. For our audience who may not know um, yet, know where you are from and how has it influenced you in your work? Um, well, I was... Um born in dc my family was uh both my parents were in the army so we traveled a lot and so i was born in dc but then i was raised here in atlanta because by the time they both you know my mom my they got out of the military like maybe like a year or two after i was born so we just stayed here in georgia um and i feel like that kind of influenced me because here in atlanta like to be Completely honest, now that I'm thinking about it, the whole where I'm from didn't really influence me much because I didn't do anything. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do nothing. Like I was like one of those in the house type of people. So I guess that was my influence is that because I was always in the house that caused me to like just create stuff and start making stuff up for myself, something to do. So I guess that that, that did help influence me is being bored, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what launched the creative juices behind um, TIP, um, Trinity Owl Productions? Well, um, that actually came about, oof, when I was, uh, it was like, I think, 07. I think I was like in middle school-ish, going into high school. That's high school. Yeah, I was in high school already. Jesus Christ. Um, and basically... I had just started like making like little short films and stuff of myself, you know, using an old high eight tape camera camcorder. And, you know, then I, I used to also like, sounds dorky, but I would take music videos and clips from movies and stuff and I would edit them together and put like a song over it and make it look like they were dancing to the song. Like I would do stuff like that. And so doing that type of stuff, and then filming my little short films, it got it got me to thinking. I'm like, you know, I think I should probably, you know, look into this more and do this more. And then, you know, my junior year of high school when I joined drama club um, and, you know, getting into acting and, you know, I was, I've always been a writer. I've always been a dancer. So all that type of stuff just cultivated together. I just over the years decided I was going to really put my energy into it. And then in 2015, I made the final decision to actually make it a business um, because my mom got sick in 2015, and then she passed in September of 2015. Um, and one of my biggest things was like talking to her about my business. And she was always like, you know what? You're the only person, Rajiv, you're the only person in our family who has had the same dream since you were like eight. So she was like, so you need to continue to push toward that. And so after she passed, I made it like a really big deal for me to really uh, continue to uh, push for that. So, yeah, that was kind of what helped birth everything, which is my creativity and my mother's support and love. <laughs> and my dad, my dad supported me too, but my mom was like the big push. 
So, yeah. Okay. So your bio on the website explains the origin of your choice for the name. Can you share that with our audience right now? Trinity Isle is also a hotel in Bengaluru, India. Any connection to that? Um, okay, so first, no, because I had no idea there was a hotel in India with that name. Um, so that's a coincidence. But actually, I don't know. I, I think I need to update what I put on my website because I, if I'm not mistaken on the website, it's, it mentions me like the Trinity part being like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, something like that. That, okay, so initially, yes, that was the initial reasoning for it because my dad actually came up with the name for with the name trinity isle um because uh he that's just that was his thing like he came up with the, the whole trinity part father's son holy ghost and then the isle of course was island from staten island and staten is our last name so he actually came up with the name trinity island and I, it's trinity isle and i kind of just decided to keep it um but the, I definitely need to update that bio because I'm no longer a religious person. I don't do religion anymore. So now it's very much so like that. That's kind of weird to still have it on my website because I, you know, because now for me, the, the meaning is much more different. Like the Trinity part is much more about th like three being a very mystical number, you know, three, you know, a lot of good things come in threes. Three, you know, to me, three is just a very powerful number, and so that's what it would. That's what it means now. But yes, when it was created, that's what it was. It was a very biblical situation <laughs> at first. Oh, well, that's insightful. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then you know, my, the work that I do now definitely does not reflect anything biblical. <laughs> if you go to, if you if you've seen the stuff that I do, it's it's like people in the church would, you know, their wigs would come off. So. And they throw the Bible at you. They would throw it at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you make some excellent music videos with artists. Can you describe the role um, in such creative processes? Um, so my role in a lot of the music videos usually is pretty... Um, substantial actually because a lot of a lot of the artists that I work with it's their first music video they've ever done um so they'll come to me and they'll be like okay so I got I got me you on know, my song done da, 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 and I really want to do a video but they they kind of have like a loose idea and so I end up having to kind of come up with like the treatment and you know the location and everything and try to like get all that stuff together. So usually my role is pretty big. Now I do have artists that I work with that are complete visionaries. Like I have artists that they, they come to the table like, all right, Rajiv, I want to do this, 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 and this. And all I got to do is, you know, put in a little bit of creative input, show up, film it, edit it. And that's it. So, but it's usually, it's usually a very collaborative effort. Like I like to make sure that when I'm working with people, I don't just kind of like, be a yes man like i'm never the kind of person like oh yeah let's do that let's do that that's fine like if i feel like something's not gonna look right i'm gonna mention it if i feel like something isn't gonna you know translate right i'm going to mention it because i feel like as a true creative and a true artist you always want to make sure that what you're creating is something that is going to look good on both ends for the artist and for trinity Out productions so all right yeah um 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to use you for a project. Mm -hmm. I'm here. So you have also done programming on Amazon Prime Video. What can you tell us about that connection? Well, it's not really a connection, actually. You know, I'm going to give away my little secret here. Because it's not really a secret. It's not really a secret, but people, for some reason, think I'm, I have some type of partnership with Amazon. But it really is as simple. It's like Amazon has this thing called Amazon Video. And basically, all like anybody in the world can put their stuff on Amazon. Anybody. So all you have to do is like you have a ham have an Amazon account, you know. Now the, the 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 process is lengthy and a headache, but anybody can do it. Like you gotta like of course have the actual video or whatever movie, TV show, whatever. All the stuff has to have closed captioning, so you got to go through the whole thing of like typing out the captions and. That process is a headache and a half. And then, you know, once you actually upload everything, you got to put it on the information, you know, the director, the writer, the this, the that, the cast, the, you know, all this stuff. And then once you upload it, it's not like on YouTube where once you upload something, it takes like 30 minutes to an hour maybe, and then it's up. With Amazon, it takes about like almost a week because they got to like go through and, you know, they got to, I guess their processing is much different. But um, yeah. It, it, and that's the thing is that when, once I found out that it was that easy, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put my web series on Amazon and, you know, it's going to be a thing because it's definitely, you know, it's great that Amazon has that option for us, though, because for as independent filmmakers, independent creators, it's good to be able to put your project on a platform like Amazon, because now, like, you know, any anybody can come across Seventh and Love on Amazon anybody you know so that's very helpful and you know shout out to amazon for that okay so what can you tell us about skin side out <laughs> um <laughs> yeah see i was not expecting to be asked about skin side out but um so skin side out is my nude photography project um and I came up with that in like 2014. I was literally just doing a photo shoot with one of my friends from college. And as we were doing the shoot, <laughs> more of his clothes just kind of came off. And so it kind of just ended up turning into a nude photo shoot at the end of the day. Um, but when I was doing it, I noticed, you know, he's really thin, really skinny. Um, and so he didn't have like the ideal body type that people would want for like a nude photo shoot. And so then afterwards, I did one for myself. And then I was like, you know what? And I'm much thicker, you know, I got all this, you know, love handles and crap going on. So I feel like it was important for me to look at it and be like, you know what? I want to make a photography project, a nude photography project that focuses on like everyday bodies, you know, because whenever I would see nude photography, it was always somebody with like a six pack and they super buff and fit and, you know, chiseled and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, you know, the human body, because I, I myself, I'm actually, you know, I consider myself a nudist. Like, I, I, I feel like the human body is beautiful. It is, you know, something that should be cherished and appreciated and not be treated the way it is here in America, where everything is so taboo. It's like, oh, no, a boob. Oh, no, a penis. Oh, no. A like, it's ridiculous. So I feel like I wanted to create a project that would highlight the beauty of the human body and the human body on everyone, not just super fit, you know, swimsuit models, you know. So, yeah, that's what that's what Skin Side Out is.
even though unfortunately all the all the people that I've shot have been kind of fit people because everybody that I whenever whenever people say they want to shoot with me, they're like, oh, I want to do a shoot, but let me get in the gym first. And I'm like, y'all are completely ruining the purpose of, of my project. But okay, by all means, if you feel you must look perfect, then go right ahead. But it was started for the average body. So Okay, so what is the hardest part of running a business? Mm, the money. For me, that's what it is. It's like you are literally on this never-ending cycle of making money and then trying to put it back into your business so you can make more money, but then you're broke because you can't, you know, it's like, it, that's the, to me, that's the hardest part is the money part because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll have this money sitting in my account. I'll be like, okay. Do I want to like save this or do I want to put, you know, and half the time I end up putting it back into my business. I'm like, I'm okay, let me, let me buy another lens. Let me buy some more lights. Let me buy this. And it really is an investment because at the end of the day, you're putting all this money into your business, not even knowing for sure if you're even going to have a booking next week or tomorrow. Or next week. So it's very much mm-hmm. one of those situations where you're like, geez, Louise, like, cause you know, it's like even right now, like right now, I'm not ashamed to mention that, you know, I'm living at home with my dad. You know, I don't I like I can't I, I'm not making because this is all this is literally all I'm doing. Like I don't have a nine to five. I don't have a little side job. This is my job is me, you know, running Trendy Out Productions. And right now, Trendy Out Productions does not make enough for the CEO to live on his own. <laughs> so um, that's kind of like that's part of what, what, what where the struggle is where i'm like i just i want to get to a point where trade out productions where i'm making enough money from this company where i can support myself and still be able to you know live comfortably you know so yeah the hardest part is definitely the money and sometimes the clients because sometimes you know being 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 an an entrepreneur and being especially being a black entrepreneur you know, people love to come at you about, you know, hookups and deals and this and that. And then the people who you, you know, you have things with people. And then a lot of people don't realize Trinity Hour Productions is literally just me. I have an amazing assistant named Brock Edmonds. He helps me with all, a lot of my, pro- my projects. But this is literally a one-man show. I am Tyler Perry, this whole situation. And so another struggling part for me is that me trying to run this entire business myself and having clients who don't understand that I'm not a robot, you know, like they'll be like, I'll do a video shoot on Saturday. And by Monday, they're like, Hey, is the video done? No, it's not. It's not even off the SD card yet. Stop playing in my face. Like I'm like, I literally left your shoot and went to another one. And then I've got regular everyday life stuff I got to do too. So that's another hard part is dealing with people who try to treat me like I'm Amazon and that, you know, they're going to get free two day delivery. That's not how that works. So. Okay. So what is typically your turnaround um, on shooting? Well, see, typically I tell people like for photos, I tell people a week and for videos, I tell people like two to three weeks. Now, a lot of times that can change because sometimes it can be quicker. Um, but I always tell them a, a longer time span because I know what my schedule is like. I'm like, yeah, because I edit on a desktop. A lot of people edit on laptops. I edit on a desktop. So if I'm not home, I can't edit. So if I'm out doing photo shoots and filming dance classes and doing music videos and all this stuff, there's no way I can be home to edit your video. So I want to make sure that I tell you, okay, it's going to take this long. 
because I want to give myself time for that. Doesn't always, but I, I usually for videos, I say two to three weeks and for photos, I say one week just to give myself time to really make sure it's right. That's another thing is that a lot of people who call themselves, you know, cinematographers and videographers and editors and stuff, they can just, they just throw stuff together. And that's not me. Like if I'm editing something, I'm, I, I, I'm putting in the work to make sure that it's right and making sure that it's a product that we can both be proud of. That's another thing is that people like people have told me before, Oh, well, why is it going to take this long to edit this? Like I could, you know, I've had people edit this and this is it. I'm like, yeah, but look at how that project looked though. Take a look at it and see how trash it looked. And then you can compare it to what mine looks like. And you'll realize why it took me so long to get to edit that, you know, like they always say, you know, things, good things take time, you know, it's not going to just happen out of nowhere. So, you know, turnaround time thing, that's always a tricky situation, but I try to do the best I can. Okay. So what is your most enjoyable creative activity? Mm -hmm. I feel like I mean, it's hard to choose one because they all have their different elements um, because they all make me feel differently in different ways. Um, but I would say that if I had to choose one, I would say the editing part, which is kind of a double-edged sword because editing is the longest, most aggravating, tedious process that there is. But it's my favorite part of the creative process, whether it comes to video, photo, whatever. Editing is my favorite part of the process because that's when I'm actually watching it come to life. Like as I'm editing, like if I shoot a music video and I'm editing it, that's the part where I'm like, wow. Like as I'm playing it back and piecing everything together, I'm looking at them like this is actually becoming a music video, you know, or if I'm editing a photo and I'm, you know, doing the retouching, fixing the colors, da, 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 I'm like, wow, this is actually becoming the photo that I envisioned. And so, yeah, I would say that editing is the, my, my favorite creative process because it really helped it just like it's it's always nice to see everything coming to life so and what is the main thing that you want our verse tv audience to learn about Rahib's that in today um Uh, the main thing that I want the audience to learn about me is probably that I am, I'm just me, you know, I think that's what it is, is that I'm just like, I'm, I'm somebody who, I'm aware of who I am, I am, I'm very humble, first of all, though, like, I, it's always weird to kind of like, talk about myself and praise myself even though I know that I'm a talented person it's always awkward you know because I'm a very I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm introverted people a lot of people don't believe that but I'm very shy I'm very introverted but I'm, I'm I'm a very very good spirit you know I try to make sure that the energy that I exude is always very positive and um yeah so yeah so basically I'm a good person I'm a creative person and I just love to give positive energy, good light, you know. So what's next, next for Rahib um, Satin? Um, well, real quick, I'm going to just make sure you're Rajiv. 
the H is silent. <laughs> but um, what's what's next for me is just continuing to grow <laughs> my business. <laughs> um, it's just yeah, continuing to grow my business and continue to actually do stuff for me. Because right now, one of my biggest challenges is that do, having Trinidad out productions, I'm so used to doing stuff for other people. Like, I'm so used to doing other people's music videos, and other people's photos, and other people's this. And, you know, because my web series that what, that's on Amazon, I, you know, I had to cancel it. I, I didn't even do, I didn't even finish season two because I was so wrapped up in everybody else's stuff and, you know, trying to do Seventh and Love at the same time. And then I'm like, I, you know, my cast, I can't get my cast together all at the same time. And things like that. so. I had to cancel. So that was like the last big project I was doing for myself. So the next big thing for me is to really try to focus on doing projects for me, you know, um, because I'm actually, and this is actually an exclusive because I, I haven't mentioned this to anybody publicly, um, but I'm actually in the process of writing a pilot um, that I'm going to kind of shop around to different, you know, to Netflix and Hulu and, everything like that because the I thought the mistake I made with seventh and love was that I tried to do this, the series myself and like produce it and do everything. I'm not doing that again because without a budget, that was a headache. Um, I enjoyed it. It was great to see it come to life. The cast was amazing. All everything about it was a great experience, but the process was like a headache and, and I can't do that without a budget behind me. So, so yeah, that's my next big thing is I'm working on a pilot right now and uh once i finish that i'm gonna you know do the casting film it and then start pushing that thing out there and hopefully it'll get picked up by somebody you know and i have a series even if it's on like what's that new thing peacock i don't i don't care what they put it on as long as long as i can get picked up by somebody that's got a budget and i can you know bring bring my um my work to fruition so So what's the best advice you have ever received? Uh, ooh, the best advice that I've ever received would probably just, you know, I feel like for me it's probably like the, the whole cliche thing that, you know, my parents would always say about, you know, being myself and, following my dreams, not letting anybody stop me, you know, it's real cliche, but it, it, to me, it, it was the best advice because it, it, it fueled me to continue doing what I'm doing. So, and I think that's always really good advice is to just, you know, be you, don't let anybody get in your way. Cause that's one of the things that has really uh, shaped who I am is, is the whole be yourself thing because there's a lot of stuff that I do that people won't agree with. There's a lot of things that there's a lot of ways that I think that a lot of people would look at me and cause I, I feel like honestly, to be completely honest, I could be much further in the entertainment industry if I did things other people's way. So me being myself and staying true to who I am, it might be slowing down my, my rise to fame and popularity, but it's keeping me, um, it's keeping my work, and my personality is keeping me grounded as to who I am versus me changing myself and uh, conforming to the way that other people want me to do things. I, you know, that's just not my thing. Like I, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a unicorn, 
and I want to remain a unicorn. I don't want to be a zebra. I don't want to be a horse. I want to be a unicorn. If you had all the money, power necessary, what would you do to change that you feel most benefit the LGBT plus community? I say that I'd say what I would probably do would be to probably provide more like more places that provide education, healthcare, and everything like that to the LGBT community because I feel like that's what I feel like is missing the most is you know, the education behind what being an, a, an LGBT member is, you know, like wh what, it, what it is to be gay, what it is to be bisexual, lesbian, transgender, whatever, you know, and um, what it is to love yourself. So I feel like I would create, I would really think, I think there needs to be more centers like that out here. Like, you know, how they have like the YMCAs and the stuff like that. There needs to be more places of refuge for the LGBT community to go and like have these open conversations and be educated about themselves, like, you know, what it's like to be, you know, the way you are. And even with the whole HIV stigmas and things like that, there needs to be that type of education so that people, you know, aren't so closed minded and so ignorant to a lot of things. Cause some people just don't know because they've never probably been properly been educated on the topic. So that's probably what I would do, especially for the black community, because as, as, as I've mentioned several times before, the black community to me, unfortunately, is the most ignorant when it comes to a lot of LGBT matters, you know, um, just because of the way that we've been raised. Um, so, yeah, because I feel like <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff that's just ugh, really toxic. And and that now I feel like all that could be fixed with the proper amount of education and companionship, you know, and community. So, yeah, nice little LGBT community centers. Okay, that's not where I live, or what I like to eat, or how I comb my hair. But ask me, what am I living for? In detail, ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I live for. Quote Thomas Morton. Um, the actual question is, what is your goal in life? And what is slowing you from achieving that goal? My goal in life is for my work to be bigger than I am. Um, because I like... I, I, I love to create, of course, and I just love to just put, you know, express myself. So I feel like I want my work to speak for itself. I want my I want my expression and my creativity and my art to be enough to, like, stand the test of time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just want Trinity Out Productions to be a, a nice little household name. I would love for that to happen. That's a big goal for mine, of, of mine. And I feel like the biggest obstacle that's keeping me from that would once again be the money. Because I feel like if I had money, <laughs> then we would not be having this discussion right now. Because if, if, I, if I had the right amount of money, then 
I feel like that my me having Trey God Productions be a household name would probably be a much quicker process because if I had the money, I would I would have my own office by now. I would have I could I could afford billboards to do advertisements. I could I could afford so much more to promote my business and to you know you know equipment and everything. So yeah, to be and that, and that sucks. But unfortunately, you know, the money thing is a huge, huge obstacle when it comes to being an entrepreneur. So. All right. So what stumbling blocks have you encountered on your journey? Um, With your work and, um, and how did you overcome? Stumbling blocks. Well, um, my biggest stumbling block is just, you know, me doing this on my own. And um, once again, my lack of financial, you know, security or stability. And um, I'm actually still overcoming. Actually, I haven't really fully overcome all that yet. It's something, it's, it's a process that I'm still working toward is trying to uh, overcome doing all this stuff by myself and overcome my financial stability so yeah haven't overcome it yet but i'm i'm working toward it i'm pushing you know the little engine that could all right and so what is your deepest tea something that you've never shared on social media but you're willing to share with us you know, and that's, you know, it's really weird because I feel like I'm a pretty, like, open person, to be completely honest. Like, I've shared a lot of stuff about myself. Because um, even though even though I'm introverted, I'm also very honest. And I'm like, I don't really, you know, I, I, I'm not super big on, like, hiding things. Um, even though the stuff that I do hide, I'm pretty sure I can't mention <laughs> on this show. Um... But let me see. Uh, okay, so I guess the biggest, the, my deepest tea that I have not shared on social media, at least not directly, um, would probably be that I, I'm a very like. Mm, it sounds harsh to say about myself like this, but I'm a very insecure person. Like, um, I, and I've, I've, been, I've really been trying to shake that, but I'm, it, it doesn't take much to get under my skin. Um, and what I mean by that is like, there's a lot of things like somebody will like, somebody will like not text me back or something. And it immediately makes me be like, Oh my God, what did I say wrong? Like, Oh, do they not like me anymore? Like I'm very that, like I I'm, I'm, I'm really over analytical. I'm very insecure. I overthink things a lot. And, um, the, the T part of that is that, uh, that particular trait of mine got me into a really bad situation a couple years ago um with uh i'll just say i i was um in a try a, tri a triangle wouldn't call it a love triangle but basically i was uh i was i was helping somebody cheat on <laughs> their significant other 
And that whole situation was brought on through insecurity because the person that I was, you know, messing around with was somebody who was really into me. And because he was so into me, it was weird for me because I'm like, I've never had anybody like like me this much. And I don't know how to you know react to that. And so me being somebody who, you know, had those issues with myself, having somebody show that much interest in me was something that I was just like, well, I'm gonna just go with it. Like, even though I know it's trash because the, the, the trash part about it was that the person I was messing around with was best friends with someone I used to date. And he was the boyfriend of someone that I was becoming cool with. So that was just a big situation. So yeah, that's some, you know, pretty, you know, I haven't, ever really spoken on that particular story because it's not a very proud moment in my life because that definitely destroyed some friendships um once everything hit the fan but uh yeah i'm i I say that to say that's my deepest tea i had to i had to preface that with the insecurity thing because that that to me me being self-aware of myself i know that that was why that i allowed that to happen because i felt like oh you know he likes me so much i don't know if i'm gonna find somebody else that can you know like me this much so i'm gonna just roll with it and uh, yeah, it, it it was it was a really really effed up situation, and um, so yeah. All right. So what? Um, ideally, what do you want to be the legacy for your work? The legacy for my work, I feel like I want that to be just overall art and creativity. You know, I I, I don't ever want to have a cap on my work, you know? And so when people think about my legacy, I want people to be like, yeah, you know, he did everything. Like he could do it all. He crosses all types. He's, he's, he's genre bending. He, you know, he's able to just create whatever is, you know, being expressed at that moment in time, you know, um, a, a chameleon. That's what I want my, legacy to be. I, I am a creative chameleon, you know. All right. Well, that seems like those are all the questions. And I want you all to go check him out. Um, and so before we sign out, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you on all your social media platforms and the names. Okay, so on Instagram, you can follow me on my personal page, if you like, which is my name, Rajiv Staten, R-A-H-J-I-V-S-T-A-T-E-N. Um, if you would like to follow my photography page, that is Ian Matthews Photography, I-A-N Matthews with two Ts and photography. And then my Trinity Out Productions page is Trinity, T-R-I-N-I-T-Y-I-S-L-E Productions. Um, and then you can also visit my website, which is trinityoutproductions.com. Um, and uh, I think that's all my social media that I really use because I really don't use Facebook like that anymore. So, yeah, if you want to contact me, definitely contact me via Instagram or my webs or through my website. All right, everybody. So that was all the tea. And I'm your girl, Yuri G. And this is... Rajiv Staten. <laughs> I love a good peace sign. I'm real Sailor Moon with that. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my God! I did not think anybody knew who Sailor Moon was. Oh yeah, yeah, police. Everybody, I'd be like, "Oh my God!" I was like, "That's the first girl that I ever saw Vogue." Oh. <laughs> <laughs>